One and pop! We are live. What's hey, up, folks? Everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of Q and A. It's your boy CS Jabber here with CS Joseph, and we've also got CS J, I guess. CS J. Not there quite yet, but. So, so the third person here is his name is Jay. So if you ever put CS in front of his name, you technically become CSJ. I don't know why every all three of us are now CSJs. Apparently, we're Amen. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so we've got an addition joining us on stream. If you guys don't know Jay, Jay is a contributor to the CSJ website. He's written some articles. He's written some pretty good articles, might I say. And um, the ones you know are his. If you scroll to the bottom, you have a small bio, Jay Ackley. Welcome to the Q and A session. Well, thank you very much. Good to be here. So, so Talis, you've recently written an "What Motivates an ESTJ" article. Do you, what, yeah. what, what can you tell us about ESTJs? Well, um, yeah, I recently wrote the ESTJ. I think it was just recently published. My uh, my manager at work um, uh, is an ESTJ, and he served as a uh, um, a good example, good archetype uh, for this for this particular article. And um, and so because of that, uh, it was easy to to capture those characteristics and to uh, uh, really. Uh, Put it all together in that article to to describe that uh, that particular personality type. Mm -hmm. I've worked sure. for him. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I've worked for him for oh, about okay. I've worked for him for about twenty seven years. Frankly, he hired me, and I've worked for him or with him all those years, and um, so have good knowledge of him. Nice. Um, so your article is what motivates the ESTJs. What can you tell me about motivation when it comes to ESTJs? Motivation. They, oh uh, my gosh, all those notifications are cancerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one, motiva one motivation in particular that sticks out is the desire to, uh, to uh, want to uh, help you um, with what you need. So, mm -hmm. uh, for example, um, you know, if I need uh, some additional support, if I need to hire someone to uh, help me get my job done, anything like that, he's all about um, uh, uh, organization and and uh, making sure that I get the resources that I need in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, very much a characteristic of him. Um, he is he is uh, very um, uh, leadership focused, uh, organized. He's very control oriented. Um, but, um, but we have, we have developed a, uh, a relationship where we, we get each other. We work well together. Um, and, uh, he, and he's able to give me what I need to be successful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a, someone with a very well-developed SI parent, like that loyalty, that, Drive and that desire to give you what you need. Absolutely. Um, so, what can somebody who's reading this article get out of it? Like what What does this article have to offer your audience? Why should they go read it? Well, I think it's like any articles that that I write or any of us write, um, Jabba. It, that it's about getting to know each other, how to um, work better together, understand each other so that we are more effective um, in total. Uh, I really believe that um, the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand others, and how we can um, augment each other's weaknesses with our own strengths and vice versa, uh, I think we become uh, more effective ourselves, more effective teams, we get more accomplished that way. Uh, so. I think that's what this article does, is for the yeah. ESG specifically allows us to do that, understand them better. I mean, absolutely. And the thing about understanding ESTJs is they're usually, you know, the kind of middle managers, they're usually in positions of authority in most of the businesses. And if you can learn to understand them, you can create a better, more cohesive team of which you can be more productive and actually move up the corporate ladder and, you know, get promotions and just be a better team player. 
That's so right. I think that your article can have a lot to offer to anybody who is looking forward to, you know, their their career and rising up that corporate ladder. I would recommend anybody, you know, <laughs> who holds a full-time job to go check out that article. It's linked in the chat, by the way. Uh, what motivates ESTJs? Yeah. Um, all right. Chase, what do we... Uh, so should we go over the format, or do we have any other announcements we want to make? Uh, I think that's basically about it. Just, uh, you know, sorry we haven't been around. And, uh, mm -hmm. One second. Oh, I think we have one more announcement. We have the ENTP article coming out soon. Like, it's basically just editing at this point. Or it's already been edited, I'm not sure. But it should be coming out real soon. It's basically fully written. So you should expect that within the next week. Um, and on that note, I think that's all the announcements. So let's move on to the uh, format of the show. Now with Q&A sessions, we always will answer a... a pe uh, sorry, a Super Chat question. So if somebody donates some money to us on the, through Super Chat we will prioritize answering that question. We will also prioritize our Platinum uh, patrons. So we have a separate channel on the Discord server for Platinum patrons to ask questions. They will give, be given the first priority. We'll always read from them first. And then after we've gone through, uh, I think we usually do two, two Platinum questions per person. We'll go through all of those. Then we'll go through one question per, per regular patron who is at the respective rank to uh, ask questions in the Q&A. And then we'll go on to the Discord questions. And sometime later in the stream, we'll typically go back to the patrons. So usually people who are patrons or platinum patrons can get two to four questions in, depending on which tier they're at. And then, and then typically at the end of the stream, we'll wrap it up for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. We'll just answer questions from the YouTube chat. And on that note, is Chase back here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sweet. So let's. Have we gotten any super chats yet? I don't think so. So let's start with the platinum question. So remember the format, guys. Uh, doing. Oh, uh... I went over it already. Oh, okay, fair enough. So just write it down, and we should be set. Um, I might just get some questions for you now. Good sir. Oh goodness gracious me! Here we go. First question comes from Livestream Katya, and she asks, Who do NFs find the funniest? Who do NFs find the funniest? SC Charles and SC Inferiors, I reckon. So, NJs. Well, I mean, NFs are more than just NJs. Honestly, I'd probably have to say, like, ESTPs in some capacity. Like, if you think about it, like, uh, like... I mean, they enjoy Joe Rogan. I mean, I, I hear a lot of NFs who are, like, listening to Joe Rogan consistently, right? Yeah. I, I, I guess it's just a matter of some sort of SE. I don't know. When I saw NFs, for some reason, my brain went NFP, but that's because the question below is asking about ENFPs. I just thought, mm, SE child, SE inferior. But that was a mistake on my part. Yeah, I'd say just good SE. Um, next question. What should ENFPs beware of health-wise? Are there anything specifically ENFPs get sick from? Um, honestly, uh, the best I could offer is actually mostly... I can hear myself, by the way, coming through your microphone. Who, me? Somebody. Must... I don't think it's me. Okay. Nope, not you. I have that noise canceling this, you know what I'm saying. Alright, so um yeah, so with ENFPs, I'd say ENFPs are super affiliative in the sense that I could see them constantly looking after sick people. So I kinda get the impression ENFPs would catch the common cold a lot. <laughs> I don't know, what do you think, Chase? Uh basically viruses. I mean SE Demon yeah. is all about like 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's a consistent issue. Um, SE demon uh, basically precludes somebody to having you know uh, sicknesses that can be easily spread to others, uh, as well as. Um, uh, but we're also very, very sensitive to things, and it can lead to like some aspect of hypochondria. So sometimes we can imagine that we're sick about things when in reality we're not, and mm-hmm. uh, allows us to overdo it, and then we end up coming off as like the boy crying wolf when we go to the doctor, etc. Which right. is not exactly uh, idea. Yeah. G- cool, cool. All right, next question. Wow, we've got a, quite a list here. How do you think drawing styles differ from each other? Specifically, INFP drawing style, INFJ drawing style, ISFP drawing style, etc. What do you think, Chase? You can ask that again. Uh, the drawing. How do the, How do you think the different drawing styles differ from each other? Specifically, INFP, INFJ, ISFP. How do they draw drawing style? styles? I mean, INFP, ISFP, like their styles are more like okay. Uh, ISFPs are masters of like sketches more so. Uh, INFPs are more of the metaphysical. They actually create original things that don't necessarily exist in reality because they're using their mm-hmm. NE parent to uh, guide uh, their system of art. Whereas it's SE parent for ISFP. What is the other type? INFJ. INFJ. Um, I think it's more of an eclectic style, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. is kind of how they do it. Kind of like a mixture of the metaphysical with the physical at the same time. Uh, and there's just more of an abstraction, kind of like Picasso. Like a, That's more of a, a an abstraction of the physical, mm-hmm. per se. Picking out certain individual features, like in a portrait, and then like extending them out further, uh, making them larger or smaller, etc. Right. That's kind of how it would be like. All right, let's go on to the next question. Do different languages have different impacts on cognitive functions? Have you found any patterns here? Should a person learn a foreign language that is more different from his or her native language? For example, learning Chinese for Americans, or does it, or it doesn't really matter? Thanks. So are we saying, can you translate that for me? Like, break okay. that down for I, me? I think what this person is saying is, will speaking a different language affect how the cognitive functions manifest? And have no, you found any won't. patterns fear? And should a no. person learn a different language? First, people should learn different languages. It doesn't necessarily like cause them to like manifest differently. It can cause them to be used differently uh, uh, because mm-hmm. of certain social interactions and nuances which may be foreign. Like because you need to look at human nurture and the very customs of different uh, right. uh, societies, and then you learn those customs through language, and then it changes it from there, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. In the INFJ versus INTJ video, you state that for INFJs, it is important to be with moral people, and for INTJs, it's important to be with smart people. With TI and FI child being the most pure form of logic and the most pure form of morals, wouldn't it make sense that they should benefit greatly from each other in that T-E-T-I-F-E-F-I area? I'm asking because INFJ and INTJ aren't the most compatible types socially, so it would be worth them to be around each other, or do they benefit from other types that they're more compatible with in general? It's benefit from other types that are more compatible in general be their preference. Why is that? Because T parents or F parents look down on the T child or the F child. And they, when they're around each other, they just look at each other and it's like, wow, you're really childish. And that's basically, mm-hmm. they treat each other as if they're judging each other as this childish person, basically. All right. Lev asks, now I want to know the seduction style of ESTJ and ISTP. Tell us about the seduction styles of ESTJs and ISTPs. I would say uh, ESTJ is a mixture of the natural lover and the star. Uh, uh, ISTP is more of a charmer, uh, a charmer approach. And um, I think uh, beyond charmer, I mean, they could, I don't know. I haven't really looked into ISTP uh, seduction styles. Oh, excuse me. The charmer and the rake. That's right. The charmer and the rake mostly rake, but they can go charmer mode with their ENFJ subconscious, for sure. Mm-hmm. Next question. Jab and Chase, I love you guys. My question is, do the five love languages correlate with type? If so, why are there only five? Also, any resources for learning more about seduction styles? 
Uh, learning about seduction styles, you need to read Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. In terms of the five love languages, uh, naturally speaking, with no nurture, you could actually say that there's some default love languages per types, but as a person's nurture changes over time, their love languages can change. For example, mm -hmm. imagine somebody who is predisposed to being a quality time, physical touch uh, type of top two languages uh, for their type. Uh, but then they spend time, uh, like say, for example, as a stripper, they become desensitized to the physical touch love language, and then they would start valuing gifts or, um, or words of affirmation more because uh, given their profession and how exposed they are uh, to physical touch in that potentially negative way, it doesn't mean as much to them anymore. So they end up valuing other love languages instead. Uh, and that's yeah. through nurture instead of nature, etc. Okay. Next question. Is it possible that two INTPs would make a decent couple provided they were both mature enough to make use of their ENTJ shadow, thus being able to be each other's golden pair? No. Hashtag cancer. No. I'd say it's possible, but it's going to be very painful. And it's never going to happen because human beings are human beings. No. <laughs> oh, goodness. Seduction style of ENFJs. Yep. What's the seduction style of ENFJs? Uh, seduction style of ENFJs. Definitely the charmer, for sure. The charmer. Yep, the charmer, and sometimes the dandy. Sometimes they try really uh, for the... Uh, um, um, they can try for the siren, but it's mostly the charmer. Quick and self-centered question, lol, but what match number two, three, and four of the ENFP? I know you have the social compatibility video up, but you also mentioned that this is different from the relationship compatibility. Uh, the relationship compatibility numbers is not something I'm willing to go uh, into detail uh, with that particular algorithm because it's a little bit different. So uh, we're going to have to discuss that another day when that lecture series is out. Uh, that being right. said... Uh, you can either have a relationship with super high sexual compatibility or super high emotional compatibility. The problem is sexual compatibility is technically more valuable in the long run than uh, emotional compatibility. And you can still have relationships with low emotional compatibility, but high sexual compatibility. Okay. Has CSJ ever typed Eric Thor? Eric Thor supposedly is an INFJ. I've never had the opportunity to type him, though. Quirty asks, I'm an INTJ female with, working with an ENTP male. Our interaction is exciting, but we're both in relationships. He also has a child. Is it possible to prevent the INTJ-ENTP relationship turning romantic? If ENTP leaves his family for me, I don't think I could ever believe he's loyal anyway. Uh, probably not for the best, but then again, is he unhappy to begin with? And furthermore, like, uh, let the ENTP do his duty and then don't judge him that way. And <clears throat> what are you doing for getting involved in that situation in the first place? Would be my question. <laughs> okay. Next question. How long until SE Inferior forgets they slept with you? Uh, probably never because it's an etch to SE Demon or to SI Demon. Fair enough. Is it common for ENTPs to think they're evil or bad even if they're not? Yes, it's very common because of FI Trickster. Uh, ENTPs have a hard time feeling valued or worthy. Um, somebody linked the video, but I don't know how we can incorporate that into the Q&A quickly. I'm kind of confused. You say INFJs are the tip of the spear and are the most useful type. Where is the place of the INTJ on that scale and what is their purpose? Uh, their purpose is to be the master of literally any skill. That is it. They can master any skill. Uh, and then because of that master of any skill, they can allow the ENTP to fulfill their purpose, which is to potentially make the ultimate sacrifice to save reality, even though they spend so much time hating reality. And it's all because of the INTJ and their mastery of any skill that they're able to make the ENTP comfortable enough to do their duty as their ISFJ subconscious and sacrifice themselves for the sake of reality. Mm-hmm. How should an INTJ deal with SI demon memories? Is it better for, to forget about the memory or try to get closure through forgiveness or revenge? Say again. 
How should an INTJ deal with SI demon memories? Is it better to get is it better to forget about the memory or try and get closure through forgiveness or revenge? No, they need to get closure. They just they just have to have closure and uh forgiveness is important the problem is with taking revenge is that they take it too far i mean this is why intjs typically end up having murder in their hearts uh very often and you end up having the ted bundies of the world uh it's because their isfj demon takes revenge too far it doesn't know when to stop right chase chase can i ask you a question on that yeah yeah sure um does that tie into depression rates and things like that or no i I honestly am not sure. Maybe the lack of closure could actually contribute to depression, but I am not an expert enough on depression to actually know. And most, like, honestly, uh, I maintain that depression has a lot to do with something that's physically wrong uh, with, um, um, like, I, again, I'm just... I usually find depression is attached to physical ailments more so than, than the psyche, to be honest. Uh, so I'm really not sure I can comment on that. Okay. Also, Jab, we have a super chat. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I was about to read it. Marky Mark, uh, Mark asks, for $9.99, do you think some of the general relationship information in how to be a 3% man may vary in accuracy due to type bias? Uh, absolutely. Um, because it was written by an ENFP for ENPs. So of course it was. And as much as the game was written by an ENTP for ENTPs, uh, absolutely. There's a huge amount of bias, uh, within, uh, within it. However, luckily it's TE child and TE child ends up giving you a list of principles, which mostly works. The thing is, is that the particular kind of women that Corey Wayne actually kind of recommends you're going for, well, guess what? They're all NFJs for the most part, which is what Corey Wayne himself is actually very compatible with because there are a lot of women who would not, some of his techniques would not even work on. Again, like, however, the principles themselves in terms of self-improvement for a man is what I recommend, not necessarily like trying to get into a woman's pants or anything like that or being a pickup artist. Not my recommendation. How about like we actually learn to understand each other and cultivate real relationships instead of trying to manipulate each other uh, in a negative way? That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Jenna asks... What does it mean when you say shadow focus? Please give an example of an ENFP being INFJ focused. How long do they stay shadow focused? Or is it or does that mean they are dipping in and out of their shadow? Does this mean uh, they are very comfortable in their shadow to and use it well? Please elaborate. Does not necessarily mean they're comfortable in their shadow and using it well, but being INFJ shadow focused uh, means that uh, they end up getting a lot done. They're actually pretty good at executing and finishing things that start to them. The problem is, is that that can also lead to a higher level of selfishness because it's like, okay, hey, I have to do this. I'm going to do this. I really don't care how what anyone thinks about this. I just need to get this done. Leave me alone. It is what it is. It is what I'm going to do. So based on that, uh, just something you know to, to consider. Uh, INFJ shadow uh, also uh, it guilts other people or can guilt other people uh, into doing what the ENFP wants and bends them to their will. Uh, and, uh, and it also can be a master of the covert contract if left unchecked. So. Mm -hmm. um, next question is, let's see. Um, are low TE users, e.g. TE Trickster and TE Demon, generally, generally at risk of being ignorant? Are low TE users, such as TE Child and Inferior? No, no, no. Trickster or Demon. Are they generally at risk of being ignorant? Mm. No. No, not necessarily. I mean... As long as they're given the proper input and the proper research, I mean, they'll think what they need to think. But again, they're processors. They need to have proper input. Remember, TE is input. TI is is a process, right? In order for a processor to process thoughts properly, they need that TE input. I mean, even I need the proper TE input, even though I'm a TI parent, because I'm just a processor mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like a CPU, basically. 
maybe like a little naive may, might be more accurate. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, there goes the Chloe the cat. Just flowing yeah, out of here. Take your trickster and cheat your demon. That's just more of like a lack of awareness of sources. It doesn't mean you're necessarily dumb. Yes. You've got that child. Um, yep. Next question. Is it possible to type people on Tinder? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, but it is possible to type people on OKC. <laughs> Fair enough. Can we get Jillian Michaels type? Uh, we ask we in can. The next typing stream. <laughs> yeah, ask for it in the next typing stream. Uh, are okay. we uh, are we through the Patreon questions or? Almost. Um, okay. I've been trying to avoid people who've asked more than one, so that's why okay. I've been like hesitating a little bit. I've noticed INFJs and INTPs gravitate toward each other pretty often, and have heard others mention it a lot as well. I had an INFJ mentor relationship that was really impactful, and know of quite a few INTP INFJ relationships. Why would this seem to happen so often over INTP ENTJ, for example? Say again. So it's talking about how common INFJs and the the mentor. Okay, so let me read that again. I've noticed INFJs and INTPs gravitate towards each other pretty yeah, often. Yeah, that's true. And and heard others mention it a lot as well. I had an INFJ mentor relationship that was really impactful and know of quite a few INTP INFJ relationships. Yeah. Why would this seem to happen so much more over the INTP ENTJ, for example? Well, because ENTJs typically can't stand INTPs because INTPs, they seem underdeveloped, but then the INFJ looks at the INTP as a project and is willing to get into a relationship with them. Whereas the right. ENTJ doesn't want to deal with the project. They want someone who actually has a sense of personal responsibility and is capable of taking care of themselves, which INTPs typically have a problem doing. Which is what attracts the INFJ to the INTP to that end. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, next question. How can my ESFJ friend develop their any child? Um by being open-minded instead of being some elitist person who says, if you don't do the regular thing, if you don't do the sensible thing, then I'm going to punish you for it. They have to be open-minded to things that are not sensible, basically, that are not common sense. And they recognize that common sense is nothing more than common ignorance. Mm -hmm. um, have you looked at slash got an opinion on attachment styles, anxious, avoidant, fearful, secure, which types are most likely to express these attachment styles? Uh, I will be answering this question later in a lecture. Uh, I'm rereading the book Attached uh, in preparation for that lecture series, and we'll be going through each of those uh, default attachment styles uh, uh, in a positive and a negative way per each of the 16 types at a later date. Okay, the next question. I've heard that we blame the shortcomings of our trickster function on our inferior function. Is this true? If so, why do we do this? No, it's not true. Cognitive orbit theory and cognitive axis would say otherwise. Uh, so, no, I, I completely disagree with that question. Okay, and the last question in the Patreon chat right now is... When someone is in their superego, does their trickster function become a functional parent? For example, TI parent of the ESTP superego. I mean, it can in theory, but this depends if there is, are they bleeding in their cognitive transition? Is it a partial transition or is it a full transition? A full transition, sure. But in like a partial transition, which is almost always what is actually happening, uh, probably 99% of the time, it's a partial transition. It's usually just a bleed of some kind, etc. Okay, now let's go on to the Discord questions. Oh, we got one person writing a question. I will come back to the other patron questions later for a second run through. Oh, he just asked, how can an ISFP get out of idleness? How can an ISFP get out of idleness? Yeah. Uh, if there's actually something meaningful in what they're doing. I mean, like, what is going to make them feel good? What is noteworthy? They need to think about what is noteworthy for them to do with their hands, for them to create. 
And if they find someone who thinks highly of what they create, they need to create more of it and become better at it. It really, they just need an external source of somebody who thinks highly of their work and who would enjoy their work and what they do and give other people a good experience. And then they can draw joy from that. But if no one thinks highly of it, if no one is having a good experience for what they're making, then they're going to lose all joy and they're just going to be idle because it's like, meh, why do I even care? If no one cares or likes what I do, then why do I even bother? Are you there? Did I lose the voice? Hmm. Oh, hello, you've gone AFK. All right, I'm back. It AFK'd me. Yeah, I saw that. I couldn't even drag you back up. Um, okay. Let me just find the next question, because I left that really quickly. So we are going on to the regular uh, Discord questions now. We'll go back to the uh, patron questions, and then we'll finish up with some YouTube questions for like 10 minutes or, to, or 15 minutes or so. So... Um, why does it take several hours to put up the stream footage? Sometimes I need to dip from the stream, and when I come back, it's gone until the next morning. Uh, that happened recently because we had to splice uh, some streams together, and I don't think that's done, and we'll, we're still working on that. It takes a little bit of video editing. Right. All right, next question. What if all intuitive types have mild mental disorders or something? What if you could pinpoint what turns children into intuitive types? Would people try to make sure that they no longer come into existence because they're too weird? Have you thought of things similar to this? If so, what? Yes, it's called mental eugenics, and mental eugenics is definitely a huge risk. When the entire world understands and accepts that type is a real thing, they're going to try to identify people with their types at an early age, and they'll potentially kill the types, especially the more pragmatic, likely the NTs, out of all of the types, because the NTs mm -hmm. threaten society the most. The NTs are the types that really go out of their way to change society. This is why Malcolm X was killed. This is why Benjamin Franklin is the author of the uh, Revolutionary War. He's an ENTP. Uh, uh, you know, uh, NTs like uh, Adolf Hitler, for example, you know, uh, change the face of the world, for example. And there's a lot of risks. So uh, I don't, uh, so yeah, definitely mental eugenics is a huge risk and uh, one of the potential byproducts of developing the science, science further within humanity. So yeah. Okay. Um, Richter Atmosphere asks, do certain types tend to be more successful in 12-step programs? If so, which types and why? Uh, the types that are most successful in 12-step programs are NJs and SPs, for sure. Uh, SJ, SE users, um, uh, having that uh, fellow camaraderie and the expectations, it's a very SE-oriented environment. SE is more sensual, which makes sense because SE users are typically the people who are mostly involved in 12-step programs over everybody else. I see. Uh, if a certain type feels as their function stack is not what it should be in terms of strengths, is that the sign of the type being unhealthy? For example, INFJ who thinks their SI is used more than their SE. Not necessarily. They could just be ignorant or misinformed. Or that could just be an INFP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went on a rant in the Who Triggered uh, CSJ episode earlier today where I said that with intuitives, that last letter tends to be mistyped a lot because uh, intuitive perceivers have judging functions and intuitive judges have perceiving functions. But, you know, what do I know? Yep. Um, let's go... Let's go to the next. Yo, CS. Loving the old knowledge. Which types would cope better or worse if they lost their vision, hearing or voice? What about other disabilities, e.g. losing use of legs? I have a feeling SE is connected to spatial awareness. Is this true? SE is definitely connected to spatial awareness for sure. However, it's only focused within a certain area. SI users take in the entire environment around them, but when they get placed into a new environment that they're not used to for very long, and it's also a, an environment that rapidly changes, they can't acclimate to that environment and then they end up being really sloppy. Whereas you take an SE user, they can handle that super fast changing environment, uh, but it's only very focused and they don't have as much uh, as much uh, range of awareness, etc. So it's like, 
you look at like um, uh, ENFJs, right? And usually like ENFJs, especially like ENFJ women, they're so hunched over all the time because they're just so like looking into their NI because their NI with their SE is just focused on a certain area, you know, whereas the SI users just focus on everywhere simultaneously 360 degrees, right? Instead of having a spotlight or like a sniper scope, you have a 360 degree vision with the SI user. But again, it's all based on, it's like a radar, it's like echolocation. It's all based on an environment that doesn't change very much, which is an advantage to an SI user because the SI user is literally scanning the environment and memorizing the environment around them at all times. Whereas the SE user is just focused and has clear vision almost clairvoyant vision, but only in a specific area of three-dimensional space uh, that's narrowed down and not 360-degree vision. Mm -hmm. All right, next question from Alessia says, how do I convince an INFJ to stay put slash live in a place they don't want to be? How can I pursue a relationship if that future would be in flux due to her movement? She's always helping people through volunteer work, firefighting or doing research, brilliant, compassionate mind in so many locations. Say again. So this person's asking how they can make an INFJ settle down because they're super movement and constantly like volunteering and helping people doing research and whatnot. Well, don't don't stop them from helping. Yeah, I don't I, think. I think we've. I think that's we've not a good idea. I don't. Think. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Mr. J? Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea to try to to try to control them down. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, we'll if you take away their freedom, you're just going to make them mad at you. So with respect to that, I think you just need to find a way to accommodate that sort of lifestyle. I don't, I don't think you can tell them to not do what they believe is the right thing to do. And I don't think you can restrict their freedom. No, you can't. I mean, you're, you're telling them to be someone who they are not. I mean, you're taking away their reason for being, mm -hmm. essentially. So what advice would you give this person? Would you tell him to try and figure out a way to accommodate her lifestyle, or would you tell him to move on? Or? Well, yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it is a question of first accommodating. I mean, if you can't do that, then you need to. And I think um, the relationship, I mean, it's like anything else. You, you, you have to each other and accept each who they are and um, and um, build on each other's strengths and assist where they're weak that kind of thing but if you're not willing to do that then, uh, then I think you just need to move on it's better for yeah I mean the only thing I could say with respect to that is part of loving someone is when you love someone you're willing to make sacrifices for them I mean, if you look at the, the biblical archetypes of, you know, Jesus Christ, like literally giving his life for humanity, like making sacrifices for the people you love, is the, is the definition as to how you can make it, have a successful relationship. So right. I think you need to make some sacrifices in the sense of accommodating that lifestyle. And I think that if she loves you back, she may voluntarily make some sacrifices to her lifestyle. Well, and if that relationship I, doesn't work, you know, I think it's in everyone's best interest to move on instead of, you know, getting married for three years, having a kid, being miserable for 10 more years and then getting a divorce and screwing up a bunch of kids. That's right. I mean, it is a two way street jab. You're right about that. I, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to the next question. That was kind of depressing, but, you know, hard truths here at CSJ. How do ENTPA... Enneagram six girls date INTJ T guy Enneagram three. Uh, turbulent and assertive types are a lie, and I'll be doing a specific lecture on that soon. And also Enneagram, LOL. Uh, no, Enneagram is not uh, <laughs> something that determines archetype. It's just kind of like showing an expression of behavior based on how, you know, shadow focus or subconscious focus they really are. So no yeah. thanks on that. Okay. All right. Next question. Ooh, there's a link to a video. Let's see what we can make of this. Would it be possible to do videos like the one you did with Lovelu, except social engineer them while you're doing it? I was looking through the comments, and you seem to earn yourself a lot of haters whenever you interact with other YouTubers. No offense. 
I mean, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm going to be hated wherever I am because I'm challenging the standard of uh, what everyone believes anyway. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next question comes from a Dunkery Ha Dunkery, and he asks. I'm interested if ENTJ women are just as hypergamous, hypergamous, sorry, as other women. Uh, yeah, they are definitely. Okay. Next question: Tips for an ENTJ female cultivating a relationship with her ESFP mother. Uh, wow, that's hard. They're in the same quadra, so that's gonna be like super negative. Um. <sighs> Just uh, don't put your self-worth above your mother. Uh, pretend that your mother is showing you cool things and pretend that you're receiving a good experience. Um, uh, let your mother always have the choice and don't ever have a choice. Pretend that you're doing what you should and doing your duty around her. Be dutiful around her, I guess. And uh, constantly tell her what you're thinking at all times instead of trying to find out what she's thinking. Good luck. Very mm -hmm. good luck. Yeah, I actually just noticed that a few questions down, another person asked a very similar question. I am a 31-year-old ENTJ female with a 45-year-old ESFP mother. Help, any tips to understanding how to have a better relationship is appreciated. She acts like I am her BFF, but she drives me insane. I love her and want to like her, but it's a struggle. Yeah, like there's really not much you can do. You got to really bring in a third party to be to bring some TI and some SI in, into play find mm -hmm. an sfj ntp quadra have them between you and then and bounce off that person instead of having a direct relationship yourself mm -hmm. how would a relationship between an intp and an istp work how would a relationship <laughs> between an intp and an istp work uh i mean they barely have sexual compatibility barely and it's not much and mm -hmm. uh they would just be triggering each other at all times arguing about over who's more right than the other person so that would be mm -hmm. like cancerous i would avoid that mm -hmm. is it better to stop any parent to pretend si can be parent to go from infp ego to estj superego question mark say again sorry this is grammatically incorrect but i think what this person is saying is is it better to stop any parent and do a cognitive transition from infp ego to estj super ego so that si can be parent. yeah uh, definitely use your subconscious whenever you can and develop it next question absolutely in one of your videos you said that entp's primary seduction style is coquette what about intj's and intp's primary seduction styles um yeah, INTJ, is, that's the siren. yeah, INTJ is the siren for sure. Uh and uh INTP is kind of more like natural lover, I'd say. Mm-hmm. As much as possible. Next question. You can develop your TE parent by reading books. FI by doing things in spite your mood. How can one develop SI and any parent? Please use an example. Thank you. It's not covered in what is the cognitive attitude of the parent functions. But it is covered in season 10, episode 8. How do INTPs compare to INFPs? Please review that lecture for your answer. Ah. All right, next question. Are there any boundaries as to with who and how an INFJ is allowed to use TI child to give reality check? I notice that people sometimes seem really pained when I hit them with that function that doesn't make me naturally back down but i am not sure if sometimes i should stop or if it's better to just to keep going when i give my estj friend reality checks i usually go with a lot of force so she can't run away after a while she makes huge projects which makes me excited but still can i do that to everybody as long as i'm right i really don't know if i'm being 100 percent effective or if i'm just hurting them uh I mean you're not really Jake hurting them. I mean, it's the concept of negative help. I mean, you have to tell the truth. I mean, if you don't, if you stop telling the truth, you're allowing their bad behavior to corrupt you. And if that means you're alienating them in the process, well, then that's just what you got to do. Jay, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I agree, Chase. That's exactly right. Right, but is there, surely there's some sort of balance between uh, when truth is beneficial and it's just going to derive resentment because they think you're personally attacking them. What's that balance, Jay? 
Oh. Well, I mean, as you're ex in your experience as an INFJ, have you found that like there's a specific balance, or do you feel like you just need to get that truth out there because in the long run it's going to be more beneficial to the person? Well, I think in the it, it, it's always going to be more beneficial. I mean, truth is, um, and and that's frankly what I try to do. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess it's somewhat situational. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. You need that truth to... Because people need to know when they're fucking up so that they can improve their lives. They do. And absolutely. Do. And I mean, but I, there... Mm -hmm. Well, there's always a way to... There's always a way to... Uh, to share that truth or to tell them. I mean... Absolutely. You know, you don't... You've got to be aware of, of how they're going to take it because you want to be effective... When you when you share it, you, may, mm -hmm. you know, understand what their reaction may be, mm -hmm. and kind of tailor it or whatever to that. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, I mean, I think between Effie Parent and SE Inferior, especially with an INFJ, you can make that wisdom come from a position where it doesn't seem like personal attack, and it comes from a position of love to try and help that person out. I yeah. think that's the key to the INFJ using their TI chart to give people reality checks. It needs to come from a position of love, not perhaps an immature INFJ who might use TI child in an immature way, which just seems condescending and confrontational. No, so you... With maturity? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. With maturity, that's with SE inferior, FE parent, you're beautiful. Yeah, you, you, you can't be threatening with it at all, and, you know, INFJs tend to, tend to not be. I mean, they're more aware of, of the other person's feelings in that regard, I think. Um, um, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, if you want if you want to accomplish something, you're going to be sensitive to the other person and how they're going to take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go on to the next question. How do you deal with a dumb and stubborn ISFJ mother? Oof. Okay, well, if I might add something, the fact that you've called her dumb and stubborn shows that you hold resentment to this person and uh i think the trick to an isfj would be to obligate them to feel loyal to you and if the person's your mother they should feel loyal to you and if you show that resentment towards them you're just going to be giving them a bad experience and yeah, they're definitely. not going to think that they should be loyal to you so i think you need to have a come to jesus moment with your mother and just rebuild you know, that loyalty and produce a relationship built on love. And, you know, not every, not every, no, no, nobody's perfect. And I think part of having successful relationships is just realizing that and accounting for people's flaws and holding them accountable when you can. I don't know, Chase, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think, I think that's pretty good. We got a super chat. Oh, we do too. Mr. Aiden Washnitz. We love Aiden. Are ENTJs more likely to be natural Machiavellian followers? What other types yes. might be likely to follow this path? NTs. Like an ENTPs? NTs, pretty hard. NTs get really Machiavellian, and so also do ISFJs as well. They can be very Machiavellian, absolutely. And in some cases, ESFPs. I have seen it a few times, experienced it. But ISFJs get really Machiavellian for the sake of justice or what they believe is justice or social justice. They get very Machiavellian. Now, in some cases, you could argue that an ENFP does it, but it's more of a selfish uh, point of view. It's not really like, um, it's more of a narcissistic uh, standpoint. Machiavellianism is a little bit uh, different. Now, if you're going to talk, talk dark, dark triad, it's, it's a little bit different from there as well okay um i have an infj friend who is really sensitive about physical pain that other people directly cause to him what's up with that i have verified he is not an infp you said physical pain jen yes physical pain so i think what this person is trying to say is that an infj has SI demon and therefore should be less sensitive to physical pain 
and that he's verified that it's not an INFP and he doesn't understand why this person is really sensitive. Um, I, I don't, well, I mean, we all feel pain for that as far as that goes. Uh, I think it, it's, it's more the ability to um, withstand that pain, get through it, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, are you sure this person isn't an ISFJ? Because if it's an ISFJ, you've got, you know, it's SA Hero, isn't it? Maybe it's an ISFJ. Um, but if it was an INFJ, I mean, everybody feels pain. I just, I, when, realistically, when it comes to SI, it also involves the remembering of that pain. So in the moment, everybody's going to feel pain and it's going to suck. But... Somebody who's felt pain, who's got SI demon, who's felt pain a week ago, is probably going to forget about that pain. Not easily move past it. Yeah, I I would say so. I would agree with that. All right. Um, next question. We got is, a super chat again. I know. Can you briefly describe the difference between thought, feeling, experience, and desire? And with thought, he put a T. Feeling, he put an F. Experience, he put an S. And desire, he put an N. So, so this is regarding the dichotomies. Yeah, regarding the letter dichotomies. Uh, so, thought is basically, you know, thought and feeling, they're basically both thoughts. But thought, uh, in terms of the T letter dichotomy, is a true-false decision. Uh, if this, then this. Or it's, it's based on data, data processing, input and process, etc. So we'll put down input uh, slash process as represented here for decision making. And then feeling is good or bad decision making, which is output uh, versus um, a feedback. Exactly. Um, and that comes back good or bad. You know, okay, so uh, what did we input to the system? How do we process it? Okay, was the output a good thing or a bad thing? And how do I feel about it? That's the feedback, right? So that's thought versus feeling, true, false decision making versus good, bad decision making. So FE users and FI users are all about good, bad. TI users and T users are all about true, false. Um, experience uh, versus, uh, you know, seeking experience as a memory or creating a memory. Uh, or doing something that is memorable, that's all about what it experiences, and seeking something that would be a memorable experience, desiring a memorable experience. Whereas want is basically achieving a goal of some kind or seeking a, a path uh, or the ideal uh, path forward. Um, mm -hmm. That is uh, the goal. So. All right. Next question. Vokiel asks, What in the brimestone seventh hell is Leo Gura doing in your YouTube Q&A playlist? I think the reason why that's there is somebody accidentally put it there because we typed him once. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. somebody's going to need to remove that ASAP. Next Wait. question. I have a simple theory, and I want to know what you think of it. Given the idea of cerebral hemispheres... The way you draw out the four sides of the mind on your whiteboards and the way you discuss them seem to pre align pretty well. With left brain, right brain distinctions, I propose that ego is the optimistic left brain, the unconscious is the pessimistic left brain, the subconscious is the optimistic right brain, and the superego is the pessimistic right brain. Scientifically vague, yes, but what do you think? Is this somewhat accurate? I would default to Dario Nardi's work on that, uh, who uh, did a lot of neuroscience research in that case. I would like to get involved with uh, neuroscientists. I almost got involved with one out of uh, UC Davis, but that since then has fallen through. Uh, it would be nice to uh, work with some additional neuroscientists to actually get uh, some uh, you know, data on this and get some answers in this area. But uh, definitely um, going to have to default uh, to Dario Nardi for now, even though I don't agree with how he conducted his experiments and I do not agree with the results. Right. Um, but uh, for the most part, he knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, the the big problem with Dario Nardi is he uses the standard MBTI test as a way of testing, you know, what types are what. And, you know, given that there's lots of flaws with the MBTI test, those flaws are going to come through his results. 
So as long as yep. he's come up with a way for somehow accounting for these laws. Yep. And not only that, like, you know, I, I think I saw a little bit of his work. He did, he does like EEGs and then types people and has noticed that certain types have different parts of their brains lighting up. And realistically, you would need to be consciously typing them on the spot and like noting where their subconscious transitions are to map out where the four sizes of the mind are. And it, this would differ from person to person. And realistically, yeah. from my understanding of the neuroscience of it, it's just a preference of using certain parts of your mind which just become ingrained. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to the next question. So somebody answered him and linked a video by Dr. Dario Nardi, or as I have previously called him uh, accidentally, Dr. Dario Naharis. No. <laughs> Game All right, we've got another super chat. Chong Vu asked, been trying to disprove myself as INTP the last two days, but the more I look, the more I feel even if I find something, it would be biased. Your thought? Well, I mean, if I can chime in. Yeah, chime in. TI hero of INTP, the only one who's going to be able to convince yourself if you're an INTP, if you are an INTP, is yourself. Like, you're going to need, like, some pretty powerful, like, TE parent or TE hero to be able to convince you. But even then, it's going to be a massive struggle. The only person, the easiest way for you to convince yourself you're an INTP, if you are an INTP, is if you convince yourself. Yeah. What do you think, Chase? Can you ask the question one more time? So the person says they've been trying to disprove themselves as an INTP for the last two days, but the more they look, the more they feel, even if they found something, it would be biased. What are your thoughts? Well, that sounds very INFP-ish because INTPs don't concern themselves with bias and INFPs do, to be honest. Mm -hmm. In which my recommendation is watch how do INTPs compare uh, to uh, INFPs, which is season 10, episode eight. It was just recently released, uh, and that should help shed some light on that discussion for Mr. Trongview. Okay, next question comes from Aiden Weishness again. I know, I know, I've got a lot of questions. Are there types who are more likely to use Apple versus PC, or iPhone versus Android, or vice versa? Uh, yes, actually, that's that's funny you bring that up. Um, so, uh, affiliative types. Um, are more Apple oriented, statistically really? speaking. Yeah, and pragmatic. Even though they have suicide nets with their factories? <laughs> uh, pragmatics prefer Android because typically Android offers you more freedom than an Apple phone. It's, it's just that, it's literally that simple. Um, now, granted, there are a few pragmatic people like myself that use Apple, uh, you know, for, for phone and whatnot. Uh, but I also use Windows for my PC because I require the freedom, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's basically that basic. But then again, don't forget, you have human nurture come into play and nurture is how someone develops their workflows. But by and large, it's usually affiliative versus pragmatic. So. Nice. All right. Um... Let us go on to this next question. I did. I know you didn't know this answer before. Question before: Have you looked into Ayurvedic principles in regards to food, yoga routines that are beneficial of people of a certain mind or body type? I have looked into that. Yes. Have any? Do you have any opinion you want to shed forth? Uh, not yet. Because I have not completed my studies in that area, so. Which type is fussiest about food? Ooh. That's like SI child, SI inferior, isn't it? Uh, SI inferior more than anyone is the fussiest about food, with ENFPs being the most fussy of them all. <laughs> I'm, I'm really fussy, don't worry. Like, I complain about food all the time. I'm super mega picky. It's annoying. But it's true. ESTJs can be a little picky that way too, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that STJ NFP quadra for sure can definitely go way too far. But uh, it's an SI thing, and the more sensitive the SI, um, so. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Aiden, right. yes, animals definitely have type, and you type them using the type grid, basically. Uh, my cat, who is... Uh, hi, Chloe. She's she's joining us right now. A little gray tabby, and she's beautiful and very soft. A uh, cat, um, she's an SFJ cat. Uh, I can't tell if she's an ESFJ or an ISFJ yet, because I'm not sure if she's initiating or responding. Um, and... Uh, I mean, sometimes I can argue movement or sometimes I can argue control. But if I had other cats around here that for comparison purposes, I could easily figure it out. If you're having a hard time typing animals or children, just put them around animals of similar breeds or uh, or uh, genus or, or et cetera, um, or the same uh, species and uh, just observe and just make comparisons and take notes down, look at your comparisons and see what you can find using the type grid. And they just follow that same process. It's all about comparative data, basically, when it comes to animal animals or small children. So, awesome. And AFK again, lol. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah that's all right um let's actually uh let's actually wrap it up i wanted to wrap it up at one hour just do a small one tonight uh i think we have yeah, like, another okay. one scheduled uh, soon let's quickly go back to the patron questions and let's just smash them all out and then we'll do like 10 minutes of youtube questions okay all right so let's look at the patron patrons all right can you elaborate your take on the apostle paul and his letters and why you don't agree with him I don't agree with him because I do not maintain that he is biblical canon. Um, I think uh, what people maintain is God's word uh, is not necessarily the entire Bible. The entire Bible is not the infallible holy word of God. If that was the case, then we wouldn't have things known as biblical interpolation. Look up biblical interpolation. The uh, story of the whore, a.k.a. Mary Magdalene, thrown at the feet of Jesus and going to be stoned in front of Jesus was actually a Catholic oral tradition that was added to the Gospel of John 600 years after it was originally written. So don't tell me that, you know, these this thing is, is God's infallible holy word. It's not true. Like, it's really not true. Oh, but I can't believe you're saying that, Chase, because what you're saying is, is then that uh, God's power is not strong enough uh, to ensure that uh, his holy book would be, uh, you know, uh, perfected in the eyes of the rest of humanity. To which I respond, Jesus said that the way to the kingdom of heaven is narrow. So, yeah, don't think so. Also, while, uh, while Paul is talking about all scripture is God-breathed and useful for reproach, you know, and, and teaching, etc., uh, and people cite that as their claim as to what God's word is, Jesus says to the Pharisees, uh, quote, you search the scriptures looking for salvation, but you will not find it, and yet I'm standing here in front of you. So yeah, don't agree that the Apostle Paul is biblical canon or God's word. At best, he is words of wisdom. Um, so, and fear of heights is definitely an SI thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think the law of attraction is just emulated NI? The law of attraction being emulated NI, uh, yes, it can be. Uh, that's actually a very good way of putting it. So yeah, I would say so. Any books you can recommend that covers compatibility? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, we got another super chat. How do I establish solid rules and boundaries as an INTP? How do I establish solid rules and boundaries? Uh, it's hard to do that as an INTP due to the fact that rules uh, go with principles. Otherwise, you just have to have a negative experience and then say to yourself never again and actually act in conviction to make sure that you don't have a repeat of that same experience. Okay. Um, does it make sense that ENPs would be interested in exploring traditions of other cultures but not their own because they can aspire into their subconscious? With SI valuing tradition, with any still getting the novelty? Uh, yes, uh, they can explore other cultures. I highly recommend that they do. And the more that they do so, the stronger they become. Because the more they empower their SI, the more capable they become. Is there any correlation to SI or SEU to just reaching a climax during sexual intercourse, first or last? For instance, being an SI hero built to last would take longer to finish, versus SE not built to last or go quicker? 
No, not necessarily, uh, because a person with introverted sensing can actually develop their self-discipline where they can have absolute full control when they orgasm versus when they not. Whereas SE users, there's it's it's not they don't have as much self-control in that regard. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Can you give some examples of actual laws that you want passed regarding psychology 50 years or so in the future? Wait, like societal government laws? Uh, no, and I'm not going to elect myself the judge uh, to be able to make that. I'm going to leave that up to the rest of you folks out there. Uh, while I could provide some guidance, I will not speak about specific laws or rules or regulations at this time. At what age do people start to develop their unconscious and subconscious? Uh, it's like immediately, basically. Mm -hmm. They start the development process immediately. Yeah, the four sides of the mind are there. It's just they got to grow into them. So. Is going into medicine a good career choice for an INTP? Uh, yeah, it can be. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. I know an INTP who is a very skilled uh, uh, healthcare individual and uh, uh, an expert at microbiology, and he does a great job, and he definitely saves lives, more so than the uh, standard allopathic SJs out there who are just doing things by the book <laughs> as a result of their yeah. own ignorance and not actually helping anybody. Book says this drug for this symptom. Give drug. Yep. That's Next question. Simple. Is it possible to change types after 18 years old? No. You can emulate only through head, Only through head trauma, but no. How do specific drugs impact the cognitive functions? Uh, we've already answered this question so many times. Uh, stimulants usually put you in your subconscious, whereas uh, depressants put you in your unconscious, typically. Both sides can bleed into your superego if you do too much. Okay, now this person's asking about attachment styles, but I think we already answered that today. You're going to make we a lecture did. about that, right? Well, yes, we would. We'll be making a lecture about that. All right, so that's all the patrons. Now, do you want to do some YouTube questions? A couple, and that's it. Cool. Uh, I think my YouTube widget is done. Uh, like it broke. Okay. The last question I see in there is Red Adventurer saying, how can you tell if someone is systematic or interest? And what should you look for when trying to type someone or deciding whether either or? <coughs> Please watch the uh, lecture about pragmat pragmatism versus interest-based. But basically, it's people who are constantly saying, what's in it for you, right? That's being interest-based. They, they know what's in it for them. They want to know what's in it for you. And then as a result of having that conversation, uh, you can kind of determine things. Whereas a pragmatic um, or whereas systematic, people are following a system or a routine or a process. They have a certain way of doing things, and it can actually be predictable. It's funny because INFJs look at me at the ENTP, and they're like, wow, that guy's like so predictable. And it happens to me like all the time. It actually happened to me earlier today, uh, which it, it's kind of funny and interesting. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so looking at someone who is systematic, they're pretty predictable. It's kind of harder to see NTs as predictable. But if you just wait and you're observing them longer, you'll notice that they actually are predictable and always following some kind of system with everything that they do. So, whereas an interest person, the lack of system to indicate that they're interest-based. Otherwise, if you strike up a conversation with them, or you try to make a deal with them, or try to get them to do something, or they're or you're doing something, to be like, well, why why are you doing that? What what are you getting out of that? Or what am I getting out of that? What are we getting out of that? Why are we here? What's the point of this, etc. And that's a more of an interest-based approach. So, all right, Jeb, I am tired and exhausted, and I think I am finished with this stream for tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think we had a pretty good stream. We've got quite a few questions done. Uh, thanks, Jay, for coming along for the ride. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Oh, yeah, that's right, guys. Don't forget to check out Jay's article, um, the ESTJ article, uh, what, are the motiva what motivates ESTJs on the CSJ website. You can hover over the Learn tab next to Home and click Blog Post. It'll be the top one, unless a new article has come out since I have said that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. Good night, ladies and gents. I will bid you au revoir. Yep. Have a good night, folks. Thanks for coming.